This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 205 DGS on KMOX. Attorney Chet Pleban joins us. Hello, Chet. Hello, Dave. How are you? Good, man. Been a little while since we've spoken. Uh, any, yeah. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. But specifically, uh, I was intrigued by uh, President Trump's co-defendant, Sidney Powell, former attorney for President Trump, Sidney Powell, uh, evidently pleading guilty and agreeing to cooperate and testify. And since you've done this your entire life, I wanted to get the what does that uh, mean practically, do you think? Well, I think the dominoes are about to fall uh, on Donald Trump and and the rest of them. Uh, She pled guilty. Now, we remember this was a RICO uh, allegation, and she and Chesborough was supposed to start the trial, start jury selection tomorrow. So all of a sudden, she decides that she's going to, to plead guilty. She pled guilty to six misdemeanors, uh, including a a breach of some election systems in rural um, Coffee County, Georgia, that she conspired with some of the officials uh, to tamper with those machines, accessed uh, copies uh, so that she could try to show, I suppose, that the the election was was rigged. Um, So the, the sentence that she's, or at least that the prosecution is recommending, is six years probation and as you said, she has to testify at future trials. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I surmise that what that means is that um, people like uh, Easton, Giuliani, um, Jeff Clark, Mark Meadows, and Trump need to, need to be worried because uh, I can't believe that the, this case is going to go from a RICO case to six misdemeanors. Um, so I think that, that um, what's going to happen here is that she, she gave what's called a proffer uh, to the prosecutors, the Georgia prosecutors. Um, and r- remember that she uh, is also an unindicted co-conspirator um, in, in the uh, election subversion case, Jack Smith's election subversion case. So I suspect uh, that the the Georgia uh, attorney general uh, had contact with Jack Smith and and told him what what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So this is going to climb, you know, up the ladder, I suspect. And and uh, from at least the reporting that we know, she had uh, a lot of direct access to the White House. And remember, um, way back when, 
Trump was talking about uh, making her some kind of special counsel to review voter fraud or some some kind of crazy nonsense. Um, So uh, it seems to me that she had direct access to Trump, uh, along with some of the other players, including but not limited to uh, Giuliani uh, and and probably people like Easton and Clark. Um, So so I think that this testimony is not only pretty important from the standpoint that, you know, how can you how can you back away from a couple of misdemeanor counts when you're looking at at a RICO uh, charge? And so but in order to get that, you're going to have to have something to offer them. And that's where the proffer comes in. And so they cut the deal um, because they get, you know, if, if she doesn't have anything of any substance um, and they cut a deal with her and give her six misdemeanors and it flops, you know, they're going to get that, that prosecutor in Georgia is going to get egg on her face. And the criticism is going to be, yeah. you know, from the Trumpers, uh, look, you didn't have anything anyhow. So you had to get rid of this for, for nickels and dimes. Chad, I don't know if you um, have seen this story yet, but it reminds me of a few months ago in one of the defamation cases, the attorneys for Sidney Powell and a couple of the others made the argument that uh, they can't be guilty of this because no reasonable person would ever take this seriously. And uh, Donald Trump's attorneys in the fraud case just made this argument with him in court, basically saying, hey, look, he, he's not an expert. You can't take his valuations seriously, uh, which caused some laughter and uh, strange reactions in the court. I mean, the insanity of this from from day one, whether it be in how he valued, you know, his property to the to the tune of of failing to appropriately value the size of his apartment um, in, in New York City uh, to the craziness of, of their election fraud theories, not the least of which is Sidney Powell, who talked about some kind of global conspiracy, saying, you know, Venezuela and countries like that are now involved with some conspiracy to to prevent Donald Trump from becoming the president of the United States. I mean, it, it went to the rational person. It's all just just kind of uh, unbelievable. Uh, yet look at the following that he has and look at the people that that believe that. And that's why um, on another topic, that's why Judge Chutkin issued the gag order on him. Now that's not an easy thing to do for a a guy that's running for president of the United States and is the front runner at least at this point as far as the Republican party is concerned because he's got first amendment rights and certainly he has the right to to go ahead and and campaign for that particular position. But on the other hand, you know, he he can't go running around talking uh, about deranged uh, prosecutors and judges that are biased against uh, Donald Trump, which included Judge Tutkin. Um, and so so she had to do something to restrain the craziness uh, of it all. I mean, this guy, as well as people like Sidney Powell, they just say whatever they want without regard to whether or not it's factually correct. Well, when you do that and you're you're a criminal defendant in a criminal, a very serious criminal proceeding, 
then and you've got a following like he does why he does i i don't know it blows my my mind but he does and so you're going to have to pick a jury at some point in time when that case goes to trial and so what he's doing out there he's poisoning that jury pool by making these these kind of crazy accusations along with his followers um so so she had to put short pants on him and and it has to be very narrowly confined in order to preserve his first amendment rights and and so and it was and so yes can he campaign and yes you know can he say well this is an unfair prosecution wherever he wants sure sure but he can't disparage the prosecutors he can't he he can't disparage the court he can't disparage the entire judicial system that that will sit in judgment of him at at some future point and so and, and you know he's going to test the waters and i think he said he's willing to go to jail well you know what i think that that it's not going to happen right away it will go in steps so he'll test the waters Judge Chechkin will do something else, may fine him. Then he'll test it again. She'll do something else and fine him. But at the end of the day, she's going to have she's going to get her belly full of Donald Trump. And, and ultimately, she's going to lock him up like any, like any other defendant would be locked up if they if they went down that particular path to obstruct. The, the proceedings and obstruct the entire criminal justice system. Okay. So, so we'll see. Okay. Stay Thanks. tuned. Stay tuned because this isn't over. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Always helpful. You bet. Uh, Kevin Wheeler, I'm not sure if you saw this, but it, it really hit your wheelhouse what you've been talking about the past couple of days. Did you see the bill that's being introduced by Senator Tim Scott? No, I don't think so. So you can look it up yourself, but the long and short of it is he wants uh, a law passed that would uh, bar the federal government from sending any money to colleges and universities where students and or faculty uh, spew anti-Semitic hate. Uh, so Harvard, Cornell, Brown, UVA that have been in the news lately where these students, student groups and professors are saying, you know, power to Hamas and power to Palestine and down with Israel and their occupiers and their killers and this kind of thing. And uh, I know that you argue with Amy that like, hey, just because some students say it doesn't mean the university and it doesn't mean that the majority. And Tim Scott is saying that if people, if enough, and he's, he, he did not say <laughs> if 10% or if this many, he simply, which to me means it's performative, but he wants to pass a law saying that if a university engages in speech that he doesn't like, and I don't like it either. Nope. I'm not supportive of that kind of speech. Correct. But it it sent a chill up my spine because while I don't like that speech, I'm not sure that the federal government should be the ones tamping down that speech through the pocketbook. This would be more of a First Amendment issue than most things that people make that about, right? I mean, every one of those students, however wrong they are, and I think they're really wrong in this stance, can say those things. You're allowed to, just like just like the the the, uh, the guys that went to Charlottesville are allowed to say what they want to say. They're allowed to march. You will not replace us. They are allowed to say terrible, awful, racist, anti-Semitic things. We are we, we are allowed to say those things. It sucks, but I mean that's part of having 
a country that is, you know, at least in some ways, valuing individual freedom. But you're right. It's a total stunt. There's no way you could enforce it. And I just, is it too much to ask people to, to get into the details? Like quantify it. How many of these, how many students are there? What percentage of the student body needs to participate for it to come back and hurt the school? What percentage of the faculty? If it's 10%, is that enough? If it, I mean, so the 90% suffer because 10% have the wrong opinion. I mean, I, I really think that's, and, and, and everybody who is in a group themselves understands this dynamic, right? So you and I are both, we're both white men. If some white men are white nationalists, that doesn't mean that we are, and we shouldn't suffer for them. Well, there shouldn't be laws passed or rules made that will punish people that have nothing to do with a bad thing. But that's exactly what this would do. Because that's going to, I mean, if you look at Harvard as an example, I don't know how many students it was. Uh, they say 33 groups, but they don't ever say how many students signed on. And by the way, using using the example of NYU, remember the NYU, um, what do they call it? Uh, their law, the, uh, that, I know what you mean. Yeah, the person who the law review. The bar association, the, yeah. student bar association. The president sends out this letter. Well, that that's was was blaming Israel for everything. That's what that's what this the president said, the president of that organization. A bunch of people in that group then left the group because they didn't support it. So, is it rank and file? Every person in these groups signs on to this thing, or is it just the person who's in yeah. charge of the group? And there are consequences, as we reported yesterday. Uh, the Wexler Foundation, yeah, one of the biggest yeah. donors to Harvard, pulled all their money. Uh, several professors have been fired yes. because you, per, the First Amendment applies to the government. Correct. So if you if you Correct. say something that embarrasses your institution, they have the right to fire you. That's which how it should be. They have. Yes. Which, by the way, is what so many people complain about as cancel culture. That's what I mean. That's it, it. Should be done that way. If private citizens say this is terrible, I can't support this. I'm not giving you my money anymore. Boom. Good for you. That's well within your rights to do that. But it should not be the government doing that. And I've always thought Tim Scott was kind of a reasonable guy. And this makes me think you're less reasonable because you're proposing something that is not okay. The government cannot regulate individual speech, period, the end. Stop it. Because then the next person, I mean, Rashida Tlaib could introduce a bill saying, if you say anything bad about Palestinians, then we're going to defund you. If you say anything bad about Christians, if you say anything bad about trans people, if you say anything bad about anyone, it, it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And just because you hold this belief, which I happen to agree with him on the belief, mm -hmm. just yeah, because you yeah, hold that belief doesn't mean that you get to use the purse strings of the federal government to uh, punish people who hold a belief different than yours, as abhorrent as you may find it. Similar idea to what DeSantis has done with Disney. They're a private company. They're allowed to have whatever beliefs they want. They're allowed to communicate to their employees whatever they want. But yet you're going to punish them for it. That's not okay. And here's the thing. This may not happen, probably won't happen. But the way the Constitution is set up, that if in 2060... Through whatever means, the United States is a predominantly Muslim country. 
and Senator fill-in-the-blank Muslim uh, is offended by something that a university says that's against Muhammad. And they say, we're going to defund you. Christians would not like that. No. And they would not find that to be fair. No. But it's pretty much the same thing, just a different group doing it. Yeah. I mean, the trend, I just saw another story about this. I think it was an AP story. You know, the trend in, in the U.S. has been going towards more and more people identifying their religion as none. They're calling them the nuns. Like they don't, not, not N-U-N, but N-O-N-E. They don't have any religion. So do they get to do that? Do they get to say, hey, college, no religious speech at all because we don't believe in that stuff. No, of course not. You can't do it. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. If you are listening at 1120, you can do better by going to 98.7 FM. Best thing you can do is download the Odyssey app, uh, odyssey.com. It's on your cell phone. You know, it's pretty easy to do. And uh, once you do, you have great uh, sound and you have great capabilities and thousands of shows and podcasts. And there you go. Um, Oh, gosh. Andrew, you've been with me the longest. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't go back and find it, but it exists. That about 10 or 12 years ago, I said, I think the best chance of life after death has to do with the structure in the brain called the microtubule and that it is able to communicate with consciousness outside of your own brain. I don't know if you remember that at all, but yeah, I've said actually, it a few times. I actually do. Yeah, we've talked about microtubules. New study has come out saying that scientists now believe, not all, but the ones studying consciousness, that we are able to connect with consciousness outside of our brain, that it's not just created within this little, you know, three-pound electric meat, that there's other consciousness out there, and that we connect to it through our microtubules. How about that? So, like, Wi-Fi. Kind of. Yeah, there's like a greater consciousness that exists around us, and yes. we're able to yes. tap into And that it could also uh, exist beyond physical death. Mm. Uh, and I thought this was fascinating. And now I'm way above my pay grade on this one, even though I had the microtubules first. <laughs> um, that, Wheels, you're going to love this, that consciousness is mathematical and that it has shapes somehow on the quantum level and that we can connect with similar shaped consciousness and that what dimensions might be is that the 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 the, the consciousness in another dimension has different shaped consciousness then nuts so so let's say that's what heaven is right like the heaven as we've always understood understood it or or been been told about it or you know uh uh hypothesized it's your consciousness post death connecting to sort of this greater consciousness where maybe everybody's or at least most people's consciousnesses go yeah uploaded yeah uploaded almost to this sort of greater consciousness or are we constantly uploaded like a cloud are you well that's a good question or that when we see ufo's or ghosts or whatever it is and and if it is interdimensional, that the beings in that dimension have found a way to match the shape of our consciousness and therefore infiltrate ours. Hmm. And if they can do it, maybe we can do it. 
You want to cleanse the palate with something that's really stupid? Yeah. Yes. So uh, all of us here on the show are friends. We're real friends. And we all text each other every day. And we have a group text. And then we have individual texts. And Andrew and I probably text the most because he's the producer. And uh, on any given night, somewhere around 7.38 p.m., he'll text me, hey, tomorrow on the show, here's what you got going on. And I'll say, cool, thanks. And uh, I think it was the night before last, uh, at around 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m., uh, Andrew texts me, and it's just a picture of him holding a Pokemon card. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought I got away with this. And I was uh, in the zone, and, and I was confused, and I didn't know how to react, so I just didn't. And uh, then sure. I, got a, I got a second one. And uh, I, at this point, I'm starting to worry a little bit. Like, is it a threat? You know, <laughs> is, he, is he saying, look, Mofo, I'll play this card on you if you don't ease up on me at work. <laughs> and then finally, I get a third one. And I'm like, I don't want to open it at this point. What if it's a Charizard? And uh, <laughs> And he says, oh, sorry, meant for someone else. I'm like, thank <laughs> God. He's trying, Dave's trying to decipher what the I really mean? was. I was like, I don't I, know what to do. I imagine as much. No, you you, I, you hadn't brought that up since then. So I was like, oh, I think I got away with that. Uh, but did you did you also notice you could see, like, my leg in the background? I noticed. I, was wearing shorts. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I thought I got away with that. <laughs> but but knowing your your official photo for DoorDash, it could have been much much worse. It so yeah, it could have. So no, that was for my explanation. Oh, that was just I was my buddy Todd where, where, and I who uh, he also like plays and collects, and so we were just chatting about it. And for some reason, when I I opened up and went to my texts because I had been texting him about about the same time that I had been texting you. And it it went to years, and then I was like, "Boy, Todd hasn't responded to me in a while." And then I <laughs> he went, "He's not and I was impressed." Like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, it made a bigger impression on me than Todd. I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> I thought about being funny and just like finding a picture of a Pokemon card and sending it back, but then I'm like, "What if that someone's a demon?" I don't know. Right. <laughs> no, now nah. you have to battle. I don't know how this stuff works. It's fair. No, I was like, maybe it just maybe I just won't go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback Thursday, Rach? Oh, yeah. Let me grab it really quick. Okay. It's right here. Throwback. 106 years ago in 1917. My mom was born. <laughs> women volunteers from the Salvation Army deep fried the first donut during World War One hey. for American troops in France. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You think when they thought of it, they were like, hmm. Did you guys uh, yeah, make homemade donuts as a kid? My friend's mom would make them for us whenever I would spend the night. Oh, dude. She would fry them up oh. and then roll them in sugar. We would yum, take yum. just biscuits, which, by the way, still works. <laughs> take biscuits, mm-hmm. cut a hole in the middle, fry them, put them in a brown paper bag with cinnamon and sugar, shake them real good. Yeah. We really were a, good. We were a Donetti's family. My my parents Fancy never, pants. Yeah, my parents never presumed that they could make better than the, that they knew better than the Donetti's. I think we have some Donetti's in the E-Mart right now. We sure do. That are calling my name. <laughs> 55 years ago in 1968, Jimmy Page's new Yardbirds renamed themselves the Led Zeppelin after Keith Moon from The Who said they'd go over like the proverbial lead balloon. Mm. I didn't know it was Keith Moon that said that. Mm. I, thought it, I thought it was uh, 
like a music writer, a magazine writer. I guess it was Keith Moon, huh? This is saying it's Keith Moon. Huh. Who's going to argue with the complete sheet? Never been wrong. <laughs> nope, never not, will be wrong. Not going <laughs> to. 40 years ago in 1983, the Senate approved a bill making the third Monday of January a federal holiday honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It was signed into law two weeks later by Ronald Reagan. And 38 years ago in 1985, Take On Me by Aha hit number one on the pop singles chart. How many years ago? 38 years ago, oh. 1985. It's still a great song. Mm-hmm. Here's my last one. 18 years ago in 2005, the trial of Saddam Hussein began. He was executed in December of 06. Man, I remember that so well. Mm-hmm. Remember so they, well. They found him in the in the hole and all the sure pictures do. that were coming out yeah. about it. We like, interviewed oh. the guy that found him in the spider hole. Really? Yeah. Oof. Yep. What I remember th- the hanging. I remember the photos. Yeah. What a throwback Thursday. It went from Donuts to Led Zeppelin to yeah, Dr. Martin Luther King to Saddam Hussein. Uh, I read an article today that was making a scientific argument at why Taylor Swift has peaked and will go downhill from here. That, that no one can stay on top forever. And here are all the, the statistics that show that she's, that she's peaked and whatever. Uh, I also saw a story that interested me that Nigella, anyone knows who Nigella is? Uh, she's this gorgeous oh, chef right? from yeah. uh, uh, Great Britain, and she has her own show and what have you. Uh, she's a bigger deal to me than Taylor Swift is. But she found out that Taylor Swift was a fan. And so she goes into, like, you know, the vapors, like, oh, my God, I can't believe, who can believe that she is a fan of mine? I'm I'm increasingly offended by superstardom. Mm. It's not an attack on Taylor. It could be anybody. Mm. But the older I get, the dumber it feels, especially when it's superstardom, where people who are already stars are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you know my name. I remember seeing when uh, when Taylor went to that wedding and then the wedding got like mobbed with people that were like just trying to like catch a glimpse or take a picture of her like walking out of the wedding or whatever. And I remember thinking how crazy it was that all these like teens would be doing this. And then I looked at the photos and most of the people appeared to be like Rachel and I. Yeah, it's like, like gro- I said, I'm terrified adults, of these people. Grown adults who are like should have I, I guess are married of their own are there with their spouse like. Jumping up and down with their phones trying to film inside this thing where she might be, what, sitting at a table? Yeah. Looking at her phone, scrolling Twitter? Like, I. And I think it's making the average person feel like you, Dave. I like Taylor Swift. I like a lot of the Taylor songs. Uh, <laughs> I definitely like her less now that the summer of Taylor mania has. I mean, it just. It was just too much. The Eras tour. I'm glad everybody went and had fun. But you see the videos from it and people are like crying. <laughs> They're crying. And I get it if you're, you know, 13 and crying. But to see hordes of women my own age losing their mind, it just made me go like, you know what? I'm glad you guys are having fun. But this is not really for me. I'm taking several steps back from the situation. Not trying to be a snob. Not trying to be anything. It just turned me off to the whole thing. Yeah, I don't get that level of... Worship. Love for any any entertainer at all, no matter how great. Like I, I don't get that at all. I don't get it either. There, I don't have anyone that's on that level in my life. Anyone? Yeah. I mean, there's people I would certainly be extremely excited to meet, and you know, I'd be giddy, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like life changing. 
And right. the only person right. I can think of I ever get nervous around because I'm such a fan would be Ryan Wiggins from mm, 971. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then he has that aura around. Every now and then I'm, I'm getting soda at the same time he is, and I, I say stupid stuff because I don't <laughs> well, know what to say. Uh, Rachel feels that way too. It's just she didn't think she had to say it. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of assumed. <laughs> right. Besides the obvious. 248 DGS Wheels, tell us about the Siberian unicorn. Oh, have you seen this? No. Oh my God. So first of all, it's from. Here's the thing. It, it, in the scale of time. It's not from that far back, okay? But basically what the Siberian unicorn is, and they do think that maybe this is part of the unicorn lore, people finding um, these fossils um, back in the day. Although I'm not sure it really fits because the horn on the Siberian unicorn is like the size of a human. I mean, it, so what it is is it's a, it's a woolly rhino with a gigantic like four-foot-long horn it's one of the craziest, meanest looking things you've ever seen. And it's cool in, in the sense that it was only 39,000 years ago that this thing was roaming the earth. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I know that. I mean, for us, that's forever ago, right? I mean, it's so far. But there were people just like us I mean, living on earth. People were dealing with that. And <laughs> when you, when you, <laughs> but you see the picture of it, it just, these story, I love these stories. I know you do too. These stories about discoveries and you know what what different things looked like back in the day. But amazing how things change. But like, look at this picture: the horn compared to grown men. Ah. I mean, that horn is got to be five, six feet long, and this thing is like a giant type. It's but it's a rhino with fur. It's a woolly rhino, and because obviously Siberia, not going to be there without any wool. It's just amazing to me the diversity that used to exist and where we are now and still with this possibility that we can discover things, uh, not so much like this in the present, but how big things used to be. I know that what I'm about to say is very speciesist uh, because I feel like we're the norm, you know, like we're what we are, what's supposed to be on the planet. But isn't it crazy that it took billions of years to get to us that one of the first things that life created from the amino acids and the algae and the primordial soup and lightning and whatever else that it created dinosaurs and that for hundreds of millions (laughs) of years had someone come from another planet or another dimension they'd have been like yeah it's a giant lizard planet. <laughs> <laughs> Very hot. Yeah, that's what it because that's what it was for hundreds of millions of years. We weren't even dreamed of. We were nowhere. And then there were millions of years of things that looked like us, kinda, but they were hairy and had more ape faces and lived in trees, then they got out of the trees and they walked on the savanna and then but it's nuts. That, like, if we were to find life on another planet, we would expect it to be somewhat like us just because we watch Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just as likely that it's just dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Siberian unicorns. It's about- funny to think about aliens coming back after having been here, you know, millions of years ago and being like, I thought you said this was like a big lizard planet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, where are the big lizards? So I also read, this is, ties into this. I didn't put it on the rundown, but it ties into this. I read a, a piece about the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean, right? The parts where sunlight doesn't reach. 
And one of the things that limits the size of, of any species on land is that at some point, if you get too big, you just, you're too big to move. You, you'll collapse under your own weight, right? But at that depth, there would be no limits because you're, you're so deep in the water and it's so dense down there. You're literally, like, it's almost like floating in space. And that makes up 60% of the ocean, that deep part, that part that we can't get to. And, and this, this, this was not a scientific thing necessarily. It was just pointing this stuff out and saying, what if there's stuff down there that's super big that we can't even conceive of because we'll never see it? Speaking of horned creatures, you're all familiar, familiar with the narwhal, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my most humbling moments was about 10 years ago. Phoebe was about eight. And I believe we were watching Elf. And there's a narwhal on Elf, an animated narwhal. And she said she'd like to see one one day. And I was like, honey, that's not a real creature. That's a made-up creature. It's like a unicorn. And she's like, daddy, I think it's real. And I'm like, honey, daddy went to law school, okay? Uh, I had no idea that was a real creature. They're crazy looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like 49 years old. No idea that was a real creature. <laughs> that's not so bad. Nah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you didn't know about the Siberian unicorn until today. It's true. Davey had trouble finding the moon once. I, uh, <laughs> I see no reason to pick pile. <laughs> In my defense, that moon was nowhere to be found. Sometimes it's sometimes you can't find it. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> I get it. I can't Siri, believe I where googled is where is the moon. <laughs> Life has a way of keeping me humble. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yelling mm-hmm. into your phone. Siri, Siri, where is it? <laughs> Just someone show me. The narwhals are crazy. They're also known as a narwhale, and they're a medium-sized toothed whale that possesses a large tusk from a protruding canine tooth. So that da. horn is just a, yeah. <laughs> just a big old tooth. Just a big tooth. <laughs> you guys it's see his this, teeth. See this thing that McDonald's in several cities are charging a 10-cent bag fee? What? Absurd. Uh, they're saying that it's because certain cities are putting a, uh, what's it called, a penalty, basically. Yeah, environmental tax. Uh, if you use plastic bags instead of paper, but McDonald's, of course, uses paper. So people are asking, are you, is this just a money grab? Because McDonald's is saying, like, hey, it's out of our hands. We got to do it. Uh, but, yeah, people are getting pissed because they're seeing on their receipt a 10% upcharge for the bag they give you your food in. Target's been doing that, too, in some places. I've been to Target's where when you check out, they ask you how many bags you used. Wow. Really? Uh, yeah, so, so huh. I can charge you for it. I, I have never used a bag, wink, wink, um, so I always hit zero. Do, do you think it's required that they put that on there versus just adding that 10 cents into the price the of goods over time? I don't know. I wonder if they have to because it would seem like it'd just be easier to – Raise the price on a few things and not have people go, what the heck? I think it's also people easier. Are ordering without a bag. Yeah. Just out of spite. I mean, to look at it cynically. I'm not going to sweat 10 cents. To look at it cynically, it's also easier to charge a little extra, <laughs> I think, uh, when you can go like, hey, blame it on your lawmakers. That's Don't true. Good point. Very good point. Ronald lost his damn mind. <laughs> I never trust a guy with those big shoes like that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 